This is the EMG Podcast Spotlight Interview with your host, Mike Salpa. Most of you probably know that Mike Carleo is one of the partners uh, here at EMG, but what you may not know is that he kind of splits time and pulls double duty as EMG's overall music director. Um, In this episode, we're going to really define what that role is, break down his various responsibilities um, when it comes to that position, and talk about why this is a really, really great separator and one of the most important things um, that EMG kind of takes to heart. So uh, I sat down with Mike and we're going to get into all of it right now on the EMG podcast. All right. So I'm sitting here with my partner, uh, Mike. Uh, We usually bust on each other. I'm not saying we have to stop, you know, but I'm sure something's going to happen. Of course it is. But today we are going to talk about um, your role as EMG's music director. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know of many other companies. I think a few have music directors. We're not the only one. Um, But I know that it is not the norm, especially in a uh, for as much DJ work as we do. Yes. Not to say we're a DJ company, but in, in a lot of DJ companies, this is sort of an unheard position. And we have found this to be um, so beneficial to yeah. our clients' overall experience and making sure that they receive um, great music. So I want to get into all of it. But from you, out of your mouth, mm-hmm. what in the traditional sense is the job title and description of a music director and where would you normally find a music director? Yeah, a music director is somebody who is in charge of uh, of the musicians, um, whether that's in a church setting or a theater setting. They are responsible for the curation of the music and, and how that music is executed, really. So you'd, you'd most likely find a music director on Broadway or like my mom did for a church, 30 years right. at, at a church, you know, directing the music ministry and all that type of stuff. But the way that we, and honestly, that because of those two avenues, I did those as a freelancer. It informed. It helped inform how we were going to do that here. Because when we first came here, it wasn't really done. Nor in our industry was it really done. Yeah. Or is it really done? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times, I don't think people would stop to think about this because they're not formally trained in music. But Of course. The way that it's often done in the industry, our industry, is uh, you're a DJ company or you have some DJ capabilities and somebody wants a hybrid, right, or a fusion. And, or musicians for ceremony and cocktail. Yeah, hour. and we're just yeah. going to throw that on, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah, we, we know. And typically, um, you have DJs who, in all due respect, maybe are not formally trained in music, can be great DJs at their craft, mm-hmm. but don't mm-hmm. you know know the musicality portion of it the way that maybe a trained musician like yourself would. Mm-hmm. And then um, you know says, oh yeah, I know a sax player, so any sax player will work. That is not how we approach it at all, no. right? And so how do you um, approach this job in terms of like acquiring or evaluating musicians? Let's start with the evaluation piece of the direction. So I, the one thing that I was exposed to in, in music school and just being exposed to my entire life, especially with my mom as my boss, is that she's very critical. She was very critical, as critical as you, you know, because so, you're probably one of the most critical people I've ever met and that in a good way. Mm-hmm. And so because I was around so many different instruments in college and I immersed myself in different ensembles, I played an orchestra, which is, you know, typical orchestra that you would see at the New York Philharmonic. I've been in theaters. I played with string players, a lot of horns. I've been in big bands. I've been in Latin bands. 
that type of exposure and that experience allows for me to understand uh, a, when a player plays a, a musical instrument that I may not play, I know a good one from a bad one. That Just put that as remedially as possible. But you also know not all good ones are good for all types of jobs. Correct. And right? that's where, and that's where you, you, you don't need to be formally trained to know that as because, because you are a musician yourself. Right. So, but the thing that, that I bring to the table is that off right off of the bat within 15 seconds, I can tell if somebody is, has it or does not have it on any instrument. Yeah. On any true. instrument. And so I know what the timbre should sound like, and the and a timbre is the tone of the instrument, right? So, you know, a flute player that Mike hates, you know, I know a, a really good one. Even even people that are so-called professionals well, may sound a, hold on. as bad as my fourth grade student. That's a little that's a little nugget. Uh, that not just because I walk up to a piano and I hit a note, and Mike walks up to a piano and hits a note, and this is on any instrument. I'm mm-hmm. using a piano, but like it doesn't mean that's going to sound the same. Yeah, right. every player has their own timbre or their own tone of of what they generate with the instrument. Yeah, and so having having that ear more so than the eye is basically what that baseline. Let me ask you a question on that. Do you, when we talked about like a player being good, mm-hmm. that can be because of the style of music. The example is like a, a string player, mm-hmm. right? can be very well-versed in classical music, thus making them a great musician option for our ceremonies and our cocktails. Yeah. Maybe they don't have the the ear or the comfortability level with pop music, so we're not going to make them an electric violin player. My question is, does the tone or the timbre of the, the player and the instrument ever dictate which shoot you put them into? Yes, a, a whole bunch of times, because you know it depends on... If, let's talk about string players, and I'm going to bring up the RAMD in a little bit, but... A really, really good string player is gonna has a natural sound, and a lot of the times for ceremony and cocktail hours, that's where our string players will lie. And so they can do. If you are really good in a classical standpoint, and you can play box sonatas, and you can do all that stuff, playing contemporary music from reading the same, like if you were read a box sonata, you were read a Christina Perry tune, that's transferable. It's not transferable on a, on a reception. And that's why we ask for different types of prerequisites to do that. And this is where we are. So I'll go back to what I said, where mm-hmm. we don't just say like, oh, you play the sax, go play with our musicians, no. right? We are definitely very critical and discerning in um, who we pick b- based on their the caliber, but also mm-hmm. how they play. Exactly. Right? And it's, so, oh, man, it's what so is important. the skill? What is the skill that you're evaluating? Mm-hmm if they're going to play on a reception. Okay. So what that, do they yeah. need? So the skills are, you have to be able to have some sort of improvisation uh, level, right? Okay, so let's stop. Uh, Cause I'm going to assume a lot of people listening are, are not well versed yeah. in music. Um, is improvisation a learned skill or is it a gifted skill or both? Both. Okay. Some people are just naturally good at it. Um, the, the trained musicians that we have, have had some training Basically, what I'm saying is is that a lot of people know how to solo on a guitar or on a saxophone player. They may be good at it, but may not be aware of actually what they are doing. That's where the formal training comes into place. For me, I was naturally gifted at improv, improving, right? right? But when I was studying with my guitar teachers, they may be aware of technique and where you can take your ears, learning from different artists. So I'm looking at improvisation in its very simple form is coming up with your own melodies I'm gonna, in real time. I'm going to, well, wait a minute. I'm going to give you a compliment. I'm going to call this out. You know what would be really cool? I want to drop audio in right after I say this and mm-hmm. I'll give you the audio. We were on a gig and Mike is one of the most gifted Im- improvisational guitar soloists that I've 
been fortunate enough to play with. But I've heard good guitar players take really good solos. I think the thing that we listen for and that we're looking for that next level is you took a solo on a job that we played. We were lucky to be recording out of our board. Mm-hmm. We were playing I Wish um, and you were taking a solo and it was a really great solo. And then the horn players came in and you were future thinking about what that horn thing was going to be in four measures or eight mm-hmm. measures. And you, in your solo, played the harmony line to what oh, they were playing. Right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> So let's drop that in. I forgot about that. Right now. That was cool, right? <laughs> I forgot. That was pretty cool. That was one of my better moments. <laughs> that was cool. And I'm glad we, we have it now forever. But yeah. um, we look for players that can do that at the reception level because oftentimes those reception musicians are pairing in with the DJ. And mm-hmm. so the same way Mike just listened to our horn players, mm-hmm. the, our mu- our hybrid musicians need to listen to the to the tracks that the DJ is So what the common den- denominator on that is listening, right? And, and being an active listener on... Whatever job you're on. So if you're on a band job or a DJ job, more importantly, in our case, what we're talking about is that what a lot of people don't look at or, you know, they don't honestly don't even know. You don't really know what you're getting is that because they're not aware on what's important of an instrumentalist doing things with a DJ. It is so freaking important. And that's just the baseline. For our um, clients who have any sort of educational background, Mm -hmm. I mean, going to high school, going to college, whatever, you know that you take classes in and out of your major. In your major, like for example, I was an education major. So mm-hmm. I took a lot of like theories on how to teach, right. you know, what to teach, whatever. Can you explain uh, it from a formal standpoint what your training is and how we incorporate that on, yeah. for reception musicians? Your training is very simple. Because that's is, a course you guys take. Yeah, I took four semesters of that. It okay. was rough. Um, your training is basically um, being able to hear intervals and sounds, chords, in a way where you can analyze it uh, concretely. Okay, let me let me give the layman's example <laughs> explanation of that. Uh, I look at a stop sign. Mm-hmm. I see the color red instantly. My brain recognizes it as red. I can say red, and I don't have to think about it. Yep. Ear training is teaching your ear to do that with pitch. Yeah. So, for instance, if we talk about what this is, where formal training comes into place. If we talk about. Um, this is a nice wedding little pun here. A, what a perfect fourth interval is. So basically, I'll sing it. So dee dun da da. So that that what I I just sang the rhythm of the song that I think about. Right. You basically use mnemonic devices to help you remember it as you're training when you're doing remedial ear training. Okay. That was "Here Comes the Bride" by Wagner. Right. Everybody right. knows that song because everybody comes down the aisle to that. When you train your ear to hear that then you're able to start moving into more dynamic ear training, which is where when people play things, you can play it back. That's where we start talking about relative pitch and then pitch recognition, which is what we require as a melodic instrument. So pitch recognition 
is a skill that you acquire either from music school or you act, some people are born with it, which is so unfair. It's a God given. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, or, or you acquire that skill because it is a skill. So I have, um, I have relative pitch, Same. right? Yeah. So I can hear a song and I can walk up to a piano or a guitar or whatever. And within you the first, out. I could figure it out. Like mm-hmm. my ear, I'm like, maybe it's a D and it turns out it's an E flat. Right. Yeah. So I'm like a half step off. We have musicians here who have perfect pitch. They were born with the ability for us to say just like, ah, uh, and they go, uh, A flat. Oh, yeah. A flat, right? my friends. And uh, it's amazing. And it's it's a cool party trick. We'll literally yeah. like burp and be like, what what key was yeah, that? Yeah. You know? And we used to do that with Gabe Valley all the time. He's one of our he's one of our really good friends. He, he's a keyboardist, violinist, cello, guitar, Guy singer, plays everything. Does everything. Yeah. Um, and he actually helped me recognize what the differences were between perfect pitch and pitch recognition. I'm not going to go into that. But pitch recognition is basically you hear a pitch, you listen to it, you know literally immediately what that pitch is and what the key of the song will be in, most likely, as you're playing with a DJ. That is a prerequisite that we require Why? our melodic instruments to have because it's going to allow our DJs to mix freely. And so that's really important because a lot of questions I get in sales meetings with with my with my clients, well, what songs are good with this instrument? Or what does can the instrument play all this stuff? And my answer is always yes, because they have that ability to do. Now, if they didn't, then there would be songs that wouldn't work because it would take them too long to figure it out. So it sounds like it's choreographed, it sounds like it's rehearsed, but as our musicians are playing in real time with our DJs, it is not. It is being done in real time. And thus, it becomes so polished and the musician can then, and the DJ, can focus on the performance piece. Mm -hmm. If they have really great musical chops, right? Really, really, really good concrete foundational stuff that they Mm -hmm. can fall back on. They don't need to think about the music. No. And so they can focus on the interaction with you and your guests, with your performance. And so that is one thing that I believe makes our live music a cut above because, or our hybrids a cut above for sure, Mm -hmm. because we require that skill. It makes all of our stuff a cut above because again, when you're getting a musician for your ceremony, you are getting somebody that I vetted and then also our assistant music director has vetted, and also our talent relations person has vetted, who are all three of us trained are trained, formally trained with degrees in music. Right. So I only have a bachelor's, classic, but we have um, our assistant music director, Tristan, Is a, he's, a, he's a string player. He's a violist and also a violinist. He specializes in strings. Mm-hmm. That is a key. The reason why we hired a string player as opposed to a wind player is because I'm a wind player. Mm-hmm. That's okay. A string player, because we get because that is the most popular combinations that we have for celebrating cocktail hour. That is a need that we we have, and I need somebody who has a great ear for that as well, better than my my ear, because obviously that's his instrument. When it comes to the person who's interviewing these people, Caleb or talent relations, we said to hell with it. Go with yeah. a trombone, exactly. Why not? And you know what? Nobody really, you know, trombone hot take. <laughs> That is actually an instrument I've always wanted to learn. I don't know why. I like the sound of a trombone. It sound, I, I it's joke also on like it, the way that it's being played. Yeah, like you, cool. there's no fingers. Like you just use your hand. That is, that, that did not come <laughs> off good. <laughs> I'm just gonna cut that shit. That needs to be a set. I need that on my soundboard next time we meet. Wow, terrible. <laughs> anyway, so. Uh, what am I? What am I forgetting to talk about here? So we have obviously we take our live music direction very seriously. We do have Mike as the music director. We have Tristan as the assistant music director. We have Caleb who is a talent relations. We actually break it out into every band. So every band here has their own music director. Yes, of that just of that band. Mm-hmm. And so um, 
all of our bands have a band leader and a music director. In Cityscape, for example, I am the band leader, so I handle a lot of the administrative stuff, talking with clients, mm-hmm. our scheduling, our blah, 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 you, blah. You do some music direction, too, because we just happened to do this before. We You well, do you call and I, a set as well. But yeah. we both, we, when, when you're not there, I do it. But, that is true. But then again, though, a music director would, would do that. Would normally call the set. However, right. you and I have been playing with each other for Correct. such a long and time. And Mike will get, so like, for example... I'll say, hey, band, you need to be at rehearsal at this time. This is what we're doing. And then we get to rehearsal and I go, Mike, what are we doing? Because Mike runs the rehearsal. He's the music director. And so I think that we think about music direction both from a micro and a macro uh, company-wide and at each individual performance as well. Yeah, big time. I can't stress how important this is. And and I'm not not trying to, to diminish DJs by any means. They are musical. I mean, and that DJ controller, if it's done properly, is used as an instrument. Right. What they lack, though, is is they don't under they you they do not understand um, really what a good musician will be can be. That's different than saying what a good entertainer is, though. Well, they can they typically though can recognize good DJs, right? Because that's what their instrument is. But luckily, so, we can do that as well because it, they're not doing musical. anything musical. They're just whether if it's phrasing correctly, beat matching correctly bass drops, stuff like that, that we already know we can, we already listen to. It is a step above. I, I, there are a lot, when I was at Universal, there are, everybody in there did not play an instrument, Mm -hmm. yet they're selling music really well. Right. What I can say is though, in this particular industry, it's very important to have. And there you go. And that's why at EMG, we have musical direction with our musical director, um, who I think was going to go, what was it? Was it finger stuff or hand stuff? What were you talking about? I'm not repeating anything. Very cool. I'm just going to listen back to it. See ya. You can find us at elegantmusicgroup.com or on Instagram at elegantmusicgroup.